This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Out to Lunch, the podcast in which I take fascinating people out for a slap-up lunch. And all they have to do is be witty and sparkling and tell me all their secrets. Well, hello, dear lunchers, and welcome back for the final time this season to Out to Lunch. And we have something slightly different for you today. This episode was recorded earlier in the year with an old pal. Someone I've known and worked with for 43 years. I know, I don't look old enough. But let me set the scene. We're in the Mondrian Hotel in Shoreditch in a restaurant called Bebo. It's a Spanish restaurant, Andalusian to be precise. It was opened by the renowned chef Danny Garcia, who used to have three Michelin stars but gave them back because he didn't like the system. Yeah, he's a rebel. And my guest today, well... He's a bit of a rebel too. We met at the Comedy Store in 1980 and we went on to do The Young Ones, The Comic Strip Presents and Filthy Rich and Catflap together. He starred in many comedies, tragedies and a shed load of musicals, including the original West End cast of Chicago, of Evita, of We Will Rock You, of Wicked and of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He also invented the hilarious pompous actor character Nicholas Craig, wrote and narrated 105 episodes of The Magic Roundabout and had a huge number two hit with Hole in My Shoe in 1984. He is, of course, Nigel Planer. Nigel. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah. It's been it's nearly been a week. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Now, I brought you to a, a Spanish restaurant uh, yeah. because I think you like Spanish food. I like Spanish food. I like Catalonian food. And this week, I'm off to dis discover Basque food. I'm going to San Sebastian and Bilbao later this week. Yeah. Very nice. So this is my big question. Yeah. What, what do you call going out to lunch? Recently? Yeah. And, and or, or, what it used whenever. to mean to me was yeah. nothing at all, because it was something I would never do. Except once, you actually asked me out for lunch with Barry Cryer. Oh, I remember that. I used to do it with Harry Enfield. That's right, Harry would of us would each, each yeah. invite someone and... Harry missed that day, so yeah. you got me instead. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And, and Barry was there. And for me, that was like a, 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 a breaking moment, because i just not brought up that you go out you don't go out for lunch. Did you, you never go out to lunch in the sort of early days of the comic strip? 
Yes, we went and got lunch. I was working in theatres and things. So you go between shows or before shows, you go for lunch, but not like out to lunch. If you're working, you're not going to have a drink, are you? But now I do it all the time. Because of where I live, I I live quite near Bermondsey Street. There's a lot of very nice places there. There's a Cafe Murano. Oh, yeah. Angela Hartnett. Yeah, Angela Hartnett's place. And we had a lot of building work done last year, and we stayed... Uh, very near that, and dangerously near that Angela Hartnett. Yeah. And so to see friends, I'd go for lunch, yes, yeah. and have her marvellous, well, she I has think, a rosé I think wine. you took me to lunch there. Yes, definitely. a few a year yeah, ago or so. Yeah. Hi there. Hello, welcome Hello. to people. How are this you is, today? This is Christina yes. who's serving Hello, us today. Christina. Very well, thank you. Would you like a drink first? I'll, I'll be led by you, because this is your show. Well, yeah. I can recommend sangria straight away. We go red and white. I, we have wine. I went to Seville uh, earlier this year yeah. with my wife, and um, she once made a program about champagne, and she managed to use that to get us into a sherry house, Gonzalez Baez. Yes. And we tried every single sherry that there is, and I thought I knew everything about them, but I don't, because right. I was so drunk. Uh, yeah. But I know that Palo Cortado is delicious, and I think we should start with a couple of those. With the Palo Cortado? Yeah. yeah. I'm up for that. Yeah. Should we put some white wine on ice as well? The Tempranillo is lighter, and yeah. the Alvarino is like drier and uh, more, more body. Yeah. Let's go for a lighter one, ice. We'll go for the lighter one. After yeah. the Palo Cortado? Yeah. Yes. yes. Thank yeah. you very right. much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Shall we order food? Yes. We should, shouldn't we, really? I mean, it's... Nigel, why don't you pick a few? What do you think? Pick have? a few. I fancy that grilled avocado. Yeah. And I fancy the croquettes harmoniberica, obviously. Yeah. And I fancy. I like these padron peppers. Do you like them? Yeah. I love Absolutely. them. Absolutely. I quite fancy the pulpo a la yeah. We're basically having everything. We're having a lot, yeah. yes. Gambas fritas with spicy mayo or I mean, cod fritas with mayo? The, we'll the... have them both. Okay, Ooh. right. Oh, cheers for this. Cheers. This looks good. We're going to start with avocado grill. Oh, oh, Feta cheese, pesto, and some pipirana. And some what did you say? Pipirana is a sauce very popular in Spain. Lovely. With coriander and uh, some uh, peppers. Lovely. We worked together quite a lot, especially over the last sort of five, six years when we were writing plays together. And all that kind of early sort of comic strip uh, period. But neither of us can escape the fact that we are ex-young ones. This seems to be yeah. what we are. Yeah. yeah. And would you want to escape? Sometimes I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the older I get, the less I care. Yeah, yeah. I used to think for, I worked it out once, our involvement, because neither of us were involved in the writing of it, our commitment was to the series, 14 weeks. Yes. <laughs> and for a, for a 14 week commitment, it's had a. Afterglow, I think yes, it's called. An yes, an afterglow. How do you look back on it? As you say, sometimes uh, with pleasure and sometimes with regret. It, it, People always used to ask me, in the ten years afterwards, um, 
you know, are you are you being typecast? Are you afraid of being typecast? Yeah. And and I wasn't. In the ten years afterwards, I was playing all sorts of estate agents and businessmen and you know any number of characters. But then, as time goes by, all of those things get forgotten, and the young ones still remember. Still comes on. Yeah. And you know, I played in Shine on Harvey Moon at the same time. How many series of Shine on Harvey Moon did you make? Three. No, I thought it was more than that. It seemed to oh, be no, forever. Shine and Harvey Moon was made well three, and then we revisited it. All right. In the in the nineties, so four. Well, I love Shine and Harvey Moon. Well, it was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. What a great series that was. But all that kind of seems to evaporate, and yeah. so I'd say the the typecasting, for want of a better word, is stronger now than it was in the twenty years after the young ones, because because it's the thing people remember, like you say, it's your legacy. Yeah. You say, oh, you are that thing, and that's what's remembered of you. So surely there must be a huge phalanx of people aged about 30 or 40 mm. who have no idea who we are. You know, not just 30 or 40. I think there's a <laughs> hell of a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, in terms of our own peculiar history. Yeah. yeah. There must be people who, who don't know about it and have never heard of the young ones. And Yeah, yeah. It would be nice to get to a post-young one's world. Yes, I suppose so. I'm, I'm quite proud of it as well. In that we, I'm proud of it. I'm, as you we, know, I've been writing my autobiography this yeah, year. And, um, yeah. And uh, I, I kept getting sent messages from my publisher saying that you still haven't really talked about the young ones. Oh, and, yes. And uh, I thought, well, I don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. I don't know how to. I mean, it's, it's, I've been it's struggling. It's actually such a small part of my life in terms of the actual time it, spent. Of yeah. my life. Yeah. I never watch it. Yeah. Know, I haven't seen it since it went out the first time. I watched it because I think people who watch their own programs are always a bit sad. Yes, you know, I don't endlessly watch, on this side. But then I watched an episode because I was writing about yeah. it. It's actually not bad, is it? It's not. It's quite good. Yeah, it's actually quite funny. It's very funny. I was surprised. I thought I'd be really disappointed, apart from the puppets (laughs) 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 and the scenes that the boys aren't in. I thought the 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 four boys in the flat was uh, funny, isn't it? It's really good. So maybe that's why it lasts. I think it it, it lasts because it it was very shocking when it came out and it hit a cultural changeover point. It was like a sort of ley line, yeah. and and so it, it it's remembered culturally for that. It's something you can attach that change. Oh. I mean, I got the oh. this and this is for the Oh, thank you very much. Hadron peppers have just turned up. I once did um, a series with uh, Richard Briers. Yes. And um, what was that called? It was called uh, If You See God, Tell Him. Yeah. And there's a bit in the young ones where I. Where they start playing the theme tune to their good life. Yeah, yeah, and, and you I, rip it and up. I, and yeah. I, I rip it up and, and talk about how, how, you know, I can't stand Richard's sugar flavoured snot briars, yeah. Felicity, whatever, you know. And it, what did he say? Very damning. And we, the first day we met, he, he more or less quoted the entire speech to me. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And uh, it took some retreating from it, took, you know. And I, yeah. And I, and it, I think he was hurt. And, uh, but we, we got on very well, and I, and I, I managed to persuade him. Because this but it was, wasn't this, your this, fault. This, no, well, <laughs> this, this was, this was where had we got to by now? It was a few years after anyway. Yeah. And I thought by that time, actually, The Good Life was still looking very good 
whereas the young ones was looking a bit dated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I told him that, and he, that's when we bonded. But now, I look at them both, and I think, actually, we weren't. We did win. Well, it's not a competition. Well, it is, isn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all know it's a competition. No, I don't know. Codfritters, Samaliola. Oh, codfritters. Oh, Bacalao. Bacalao. You can use the Spanish with us. He yeah, understands. Yeah, we know. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> now, Nigel. Yeah. Got some food-related stories about you. You were once injured by a giant chocolate eclair. I was, indeed. I don't remember that. It's in the in the University Challenge episode of The Young Ones. Yeah. And it was a... Robbie Coltrane's eating the, the, uh, the eclair, is it? Sit, when we're sitting up, the, the, the four of us, yeah. on that top level, because we were actually above, weren't we? Yeah. You're about to kick down through to, to the level below. Suspended above us was a sort of 20-foot piece of foam, the eclair, which was going to fall on our heads. Yeah. And there was a point in the script where it would, it would fall and we were all ready, but in the rehearsal, it got released too early and you being the tallest of the four. Me being the tallest of the four of us, it landed on and, and ricked my neck. Wow. And I went to the osteopath. And they said, what's happened to you? Because, you, you know, when you've had, a, if you've ever had a stiff neck, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't, you know, everything, your whole posture goes weird. Yeah. And I said, I've, you know, a giant eclair fell on me. And they said, I think you're in the wrong department. Yeah. You need to go to the mental, mental health, health department. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's true. Do you remember those girls who got um, squashed by the sandwich? There was a scene that where two girls got squashed by a sandwich that fell from... It's the same story, sure it's two it? girls and not Dawn? Was it Dawn French? Something like a sandwich or a hamburger or something falls. Dawn's playing the Easter Bunny. On Dawn, yeah, she's and it goes bang. It may be that. I think health and safety was very different in those days. Health and safety was non-existent, yeah. wasn't it, in that show? We just used to do stunts. We were basically oh, stuntmen. crazy. This is the wine of illusion. Mm hmm That's disgusting. Send it next, right? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> delicious. Thank you very much. Mm. Where did Nicholas Cray come from? Because we were doing all this kind of stuff, and then you suddenly produced this character, seemingly wholly formed. Yes. Of the pompous kind of uh, yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, who's, who's lasted many years, really. Yeah, Nicholas Craig's still going. Yeah. He's, he, we You're did still a, doing did a, a podcast of yeah. him last year, po yeah. a podcom, like a sitcom. A podcom. Six episodes of phrase. Nicholas Craig. Yeah. Well, I call it a podcom because a podcast goes on and on and on. This is like six comedy episodes, All right. so it's a podcom. Pod um, it was written as well, isn't it? You have to... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Writing is really hard, isn't it? Yes, it is. It takes a long but time. But luckily with Nicholas Craig... To seem like you haven't written it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In fact, we did a... a Nicholas Craig um, did an hour-long interview with Mark Lawson when Mark Lawson was doing those hour-long yeah. uh, cultural interviews. And we, we put it out on April the 1st, and it was Nicholas Craig... Uh, talking to Mark Lawson about his career. Did you write did, Mark Lawson's we did it as well? Yeah, oh yes. Yeah. It was entirely scripted. Yeah. And even the camera angles, everything was was very controlled. And Lenny saw it and said, how did you... <laughs> Lenny Henry saw it and said, how did you that was improvise? Brilliant. Like how that? did you improvise for so long? Um, which 
to me, that was the big tick. Yeah. Think, yeah, we did it. We did it. You didn't realize how much, how many rewrites, how many drafts, how, yeah. how contrived a piece it was. Um, I think that's true of all our comedy. I mean, so many people talk to me and they say, you know, at the start, I reckon I do, they, they all say, oh, it must have been wild, you must have been making stuff up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so yeah. now all the making up goes in when you're writing it. Yeah, yeah. Making I mean, it, Cleese says the same. Making it is it's a craft. It's not a, yeah. it's not a visit from some kind of fire. Exactly. You know, the visit from the fire happens in your brain while you're writing it. Yeah, and then there's a, there's a performance extra dot of cream on top that can add yeah. a special thing yeah, or the, in the, the edit. You, or, you can you always yeah. embellish. But, but, but the main thing yeah. they're talking about, yeah. yeah. Well, there's the octopus, that's looking good. Thank you very much. I'm lucky with Nicholas Craig because I came up with the idea, I think I can say this now because and he won't hold, yes. it, hold it against me, Simon Callow is really... Is that the main yeah. thrust? Yeah. And um, I'm, a, I hope, a, a, a friend of Simon Callow's. He wrote a book and... and I think it was called Being an Actor. Oh, Being and an it's Actor. And it's a wonderful book, but there was a fantastic photograph of him in a black roll neck sweater with a big medallion on. Yeah. And looking very sincere. And that made us laugh. Me and Roberta was there at the inception of this, my wife Roberta. And, and it was that morning that I thought, well, why not invent? And I, I was looking for a character to, to inhabit after the Neil had sort of yeah. dissipated somewhat. I thought I've over-milked Neil now and need yeah. a new character. This yeah. is one of my favorite pieces wow. in the oh, menu. That's the, that's the aubergine. This is the glaze yeah. aubergine. We do the glaze of the aubergine with hoisin sauce. It's really? It's a touch of the spicy, but not so much, so it's really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'll just describe that. Yeah. It's like an enormous entire aubergine that's been Oven roasted, it looks like, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of tiny florets of, of looks like broccoli, pan fried broccoli, pine nuts, some kind of sauce underneath. It looks absolutely delicious. I met Christopher Douglas, who's Ed Reardon on the radio. Yeah. And I met him and and told him this Nicholas Craig character idea, and and got a book deal for us. Brilliant. Um, yeah, he became the custodian, the writer director of of the Nicholas Craig project. So whenever I say, oh, we did this, we did that, it's me and Chris, really. And um, we did, we've done one-man shows, the book, a radio series. Last appearance he made in public, I think, was in Stuart Lee's Meltdown at Festival Hall, which was such fun to introduce that, because it was called at last the 1983 show or something like that. And he invited back all... Is that a parody all... of the Pythons? Yeah, but he'd invited back all the people from 1982, three, who'd been at the comedy store and the comic strip to perform in his meltdown at the, at the Festival Hall. So there was a Greatest Show on Legs and the guy who put fireworks up his bum. Yeah. All those different comedians. Alexi was there. Alexi Sale. But to introduce it, he had this crazy idea that it would be fun to have Nicholas Craig be the host <laughs> of this evening. And so I got to go on and Nicholas Craig say, you know, you know, I've decided to be an actor because I can 
I can, you know, coruscate more like that. <laughs> but you may not know that in the in the eighties, I was an alternative comedian, <laughs> and and he did about ten minutes, yeah. which was um, which was his best best gig ever, really. You're talking about him in the third person. That's really Nicholas. sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Dearest lunchers, just to let you know that after you've finished listening to this, there's more. Yes, more. Join me over on The Digestivo, where you can hear your favourite guests tell us their top five restaurants in the world. Yes, that's in the world. That's potentially 60 restaurant recommendations from our special guests. And let me tell you, they know a thing or two about dining out. The Digestivo is also the place where we squeeze in some of the juicy extras that we didn't have room for in our regular episodes. For just £2.99 a month, you can get all that and every episode completely ad-free. Way less than the price of an actual Digestivo. This is the sort of thing you could be missing. She was a wine... Wine critic. Wine critic. She used to leave a she row leave of you. champagne bottles yeah. outside our front door. <laughs> So I've had to do a champagne tasting, oh, and which means I've opened seven bottles of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Would you mind finishing them for me? Yeah. No, we'll do that. And so, yeah, we'd get all her leftovers. Start your free trial of the Digestivo now by clicking Try Free at the top of the Out to Lunch show page on Apple Podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you about your food experiences, from the most heavenly to the most excruciating. Just email lunch at sonymusic.com. Right then, back to the chat. Okay, you said um, something sweet. Mm, in case we're yeah. looking at desserts. A must is the cheesecake, but uh, we have as well Tocino de Cielo, the caramel rice pudding is very popular in Spain. And uh, mm -hmm. chocolate mousse is quite big to share. Is mm -hmm. a, a nice pick. What's this? What's this one here? Tocino. Tocino de cielo, cielo. is um, is a creation of Dani Garcia as well. It's like a caramelized yeah. egg yeah. and juicy sauce and uh, creamy. Right. I think I'm going to go for tocino cielo. Yeah. I'm going to go with the suggested um, uh, dolce mostel with it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I'll go for. You're going to go for the nectar Pedro Jimenez. Yeah. Juice of Pedro Jimenez. <laughs> I um, like the juice of Pedro Jimenez. <laughs> so where are you now? I start, the thing that changed it all was when I was 50, I started writing plays, as you know, because we write yeah. plays together now. Yeah. Um, and that was a big revelation to think, hang on, I can have two people to be 
I don't have to be... I don't have to think of one person to be me. No. I'm going to tell you, I tried to search you on Google, which is a very odd thing to do to your friend. Yes, it is. These are the three top Google search inquiries. I wrote, Nigel Planer is, and these were the things that came out. Oh, right, right. The first one was, how old is Nigel Planer? People are interested in that, are they? That, well, that's just the first thing. Oh, right. We know you're old. We don't really care. 70. Um, the second, second was Nigel playing a height. And the third, which I find the oddest, is where does Nigel Plainer live? So what have you done? And who wants to find you? I don't know. I suppose because I used to do... I used to live on a boat on you the Thames in Chelsea. And I did... There, there was quite a lot of... Hoo-ha, fuss about that, because it, it's quite interesting. You know, Peter's, your double act partner's yeah. sister, used to live in the boats opposite you. Mm -hmm. And uh, So did a comedian called Mark Arden. We've got the rice pudding. Ooh, thank you. Oh, that was delicious. That one is there. Tocino de cielo. Tocino de cielo. Look at that. That looks more like a creme brulee. It looks like a creme brulee made with, rice, made with a rice pudding. And mine looks like... Yours looks like muesli. It looks like muesli covered with whipped cream. With, with some... With custard. Smashed bananas. Smashed bananas and custard. No, Mark Arden told the story that on his boat, he he was, um, before he met his partner, yeah. he would take, you know, young women back to his boat. A bit romantic, romantic venue at dawn <laughs> and take them on onto the deck and say, you know... Hope, Take them on the deck. And help put his <laughs> hands over their eyes and say, you know, the dawn is going to be amazing, so don't look until I say, now you can open your eyes. Um, which was a big, I like him less was, and less. Which was a big move, <laughs> you know. Uh, but on this particular morning, yeah. there was a, a floating body banging up and she thought he brought her there to, to torture her or something. And... Um, no, he, it wasn't a, he, I'm making it out that, you know, he, he was just trying to um, give someone a lovely experience, but um, it wasn't that lovely. But there were often, when I was living there, you could see the, the police on Battersea Bridge dropping a line down. There were, there were quite often uh, people drown in the Thames, they do. Yeah. That's what my script is called, The River Man. It's about they're still trying to find... Uh, a leading actress, as it happens, um, for that. But yeah, it's quite a it's quite a sort of dark story. The old the, the river and the, and the people who work on it. This is it's a vigorous beast, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Looks all peaceful. So that's one of your projects. What else have you got coming up? I've got two books coming up. I've got. Tell a, me more. I've got a book called Jeremiah Born in Time, oh. which is a, a time travel based on the idea of morphic resonance, as in how come birds know how to fly south? How come birds know how to build a nest, even if you bring up a little fledgling bird? Without its parents. Without its parents, with, without a trees in a nest. Oh. The moment you let it free and it starts to build a nest, it will build its best nest. It knows how to do it. And that concept is called morphic resonance, like inherited memory. Yeah. My time travel device 
is in is, is genetic memory. And Jeremiah lives in 2019. His mum's disappeared because she's a time traveler. He's inherited her ability to travel. He has to find out where he is. And the, and the difference with normal time travel stories is you travel in time, but not space. Yeah. So you have to be careful. Moving around in time is bizarre. Yeah. An idea for where we are right now, because we're yeah. in Curtain Road. Do you know why it's called Curtain Road? Mm -hmm. Because this is where the original Curtain Theatre was. Oh, yes, in fifteen seventy-seven. Today, yeah. Um, it was the second theatre built in Britain. The first one was built very nearby. They were built almost next door to each other. Mm -hmm. It was just called the Theatre. Yeah. The first ever professional theatre built in Britain was built maybe where we're sitting right now. It's yeah. bizarre to think, isn't it? So and then Jeremiah Bourne could go back to here. Well, exactly. I'm I'm south of the river, and Jeremiah Bourne is set around Blackfriars. Well, these are my other facts. Yeah. The 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 theatre, which was built by uh, one of the Burbages, not mm. not the actor, his day's dad. Uh, they had to where, move. Where Shakespeare, they, they lifted had to the theatre and move south and rebuilt it as the Globe on the South Bank. That's right. And nearby uh, is the Rose as well. The, the ruins you can still see the, the on the South the, Bank. Yeah, on the yeah. South Bank. They had yeah. to move the whole. I'm saying right here. Theatre. If we were doing a Jeremiah Bourne thing, and we, yeah, yeah, we, you know, in in a place we could end up on the stage. Yes, in, exactly. Uh, watching Shakespeare perform one of his minor parts in one of his own plays. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the. Inspiration for doing the Jeremiah oh, is when yeah. you're walking around London, the bits yeah. of London that I now live in, east and south. You live in a very ancient bit. Southeast. Yeah. You see it's things, or even just market. when I was working at Drury Lane Theatre, you walk into work, you go through southeast London, over the bridge, into Drury Lane. On every corner, there are things to, that take you back. Your imagination goes yeah. back. And, and so I was imagining. What would it be like if that experience of, of, of feeling you were going back actually was going back? Yeah. It's exciting. I'm meant to be doing the second volume now, but I haven't got around to it because I've got a book of poetry coming. <laughs> so I've produced a, a new book called Making Other Plans, as in life Making is Making Plans for Nigel. No, not as in making plans. All right, that'd oh, be the that next one. rather good. Yeah, no, it's as in life is what happens when you're making other plans. All right. Yeah. From the John Lennon song, yeah. uh, Beautiful Boy. I, th I think, I would say for both of us, our careers have happened while we're making other plans. Exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I meet a lot of young actors on sets these days of programmes I'm making, and they, and they seem to have everything planned out. Mm. And I think we come from a singular generation. We never had a privilege. bloody clue. <laughs> it, it's a privilege. We, we never had an idea what we were well. doing. Yeah. And we... It really wasn't yeah. a, a career move. It wasn't was it? a complete mistake. It was a dead end. <laughs> yes. I, I remember when Dawn had to make the decision to come to Australia with us. Yeah. The comic strip were invited to go on tour to Australia. And the rest of us, you, me, Pete Richardson, Jennifer Saunders, my wife, and Rick, male, all got on a flight. And Dawn, Dawn French. And Dawn, Dawn French. That's right. No, we were all no hopers. We didn't have other jobs to leave behind, but Dawn was a teacher and she had to, yes. make, this, she had to make this decision to give up a proper job yeah. to do this kind of bollocks that we were doing. And she well, did. Thank God she did. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, thank God she did. 
and uh, people like Alexei Sayle, who is a sort of revolutionary figure in politics and, the, and what he was saying. And within less than five years, he's an establishment figure. Yeah. And Dawn and Jennifer too. They become the the BBC goes. Yes, we'll have that. Yeah. Because that's the old uh, uh, the way they the BBC operates. Is we'll we'll see what's there, we'll swallow it up, we'll make it become civilized. What they used to call civilizable. That's what the BBC actually called it. We'll civilize it, and we'll make it all acceptable. So bottom became. So what was this outrageous thing became the new acceptable bourgeois yeah. thing. And it's all homogenized, and there won't be a revolution. <laughs> that's, that's how BBC's it works. <laughs> I think that's how it works. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's rather like rock music is like that as well. You know, let's have a let's have a big charity concert instead all, of actually having a revolution. People always have their kind of most revolutionary ideas when they don't care, don't they? And I think that the problem is, even with Alexei and, and others, is eventually you start to care about something. You know, you've got a house, or you, or you want to go out to lunch, yeah. And, and, and you kind of, you've kind of got a, got a, yeah, something to protect. If you've got nothing to protect, then I suppose revolution's that I, easy. I didn't feel I fitted in uh, with us as a group because at too young an age I had um, stepchildren, uh, yeah. you know, and even a step grandchild, um, and I was only twenty-seven. Um, <laughs> And so, Hello, Grandad. Yeah, and when it, so I felt very conflicted about about this kind of devil may care yeah. because because I had stepchildren, I had to tell them not to take drugs. You know, I had to, I had to <laughs> fingers know, crossed behind your back. Yeah, no, but I mean, I had to, I had to be responsible. Yeah, for for two other people yeah. when I was in my mid twenties. They're a lot more responsible than me now. Nigel, that was brilliant. Brilliant, thank you. Thank you very, very, very much. Nice. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Lovely to see you. How excellent. Can I see your it. notes? You can. You had, so you took some notes. Where does Nigel live? How often do you have sex? Yeah, I'm glad you didn't ask that. Thank you so much to Nigel for being my guinea pig for this series, yes. You probably guessed it, that was the first one we recorded. And uh, it was nice to be able to do it with someone who I thought wouldn't cause me too much trouble. And enormous thanks to Bebo for their hospitality. We were in Shoreditch, but if you happen to be in Madrid, Marbella, Tarifa or Doha, Chef Danny Garcia has restaurants there too. Go to grupodanigarcia.com. That's G-R-U-P-O-D-A-N-I-G-A-R-C-I-A.com. And that's it for this season. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your pods, so that you can get the new episodes as soon as they arrive next year. Thank you to our production team. Production management is Poppy Thompson. The assistant producers are Rani Prescott and Dulcie Bodcock. Social media is Jonathan Imiere. The recording engineer is Matthias Torres Sole. The mix engineer is Gulliver Tikel. The senior producer is Selena Reem and executive producer is Ollie Wilson. Out to Lunch is a Sony Music Entertainment production. That was Out to Lunch. We've eaten all the grub that set our lips a smacking. That was Out to Lunch. We polished off the booze and soiled our napkins. <laughs>